Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Who feels like talking basketball? We got uh, Craig Bowlerjack and Joe Ingles coming up. But first, Tim Lacombe on the staff at BYU and before that at Utah. Here's Tim with PK and I. Tim, good morning. Good morning, you you 18-year colleagues and associates. I was shocked when I saw that number. <laughs> You're shocked we've been doing it that long? Yeah, just pretty amazing stuff right there, isn't it? I mean, I, you've been in the same room all that time, knowing the backstory like I do, you know? <laughs> it's just it's a, it's a great story. I think it should be made for TV, Lifetime or some TLC or something like that. You have literally sat in the room if these walls could talk, right? Yeah, and for the right price, particularly right now, I'll speak I'll, I'll speak. Loudly and proudly, somebody will pay me for my story. <laughs> Always the cash. Always the cash with me. But any anyway, no, what I want to know. That's really really cool. What do you Two think Big Rick like would say? Now I really like you guys. Lasted eighteen years. Eighteen years. Freaking amazing. I tweeted about you guys. I said you're like the uh, you're like the odd couple, which is. Not far from the truth. We we care, we care a lot what you think, but we really care what Big Rick thinks. Yeah. Um, well, I wonder what he would say. Let me think about that for a second. Maybe he'll make an appearance. <laughs> okay. All right. You work on that. Uh, we... I just like to break into him, you know? <laughs> Did you ever do Big Rick to Rick? Probably not, huh? No, no, he uh, he threatened he threatened me pretty good for having heard that I was doing it, and basically said, "If you ever do that again, I'll break your neck." Um, and that was pretty much the end of that conversation. <laughs> he said it with love, of course. I mean, there was no malice, but you took him seriously nonetheless. Oh yeah, it was kind of. You know, I'm a big fan of the mafioso, and when the cop capo speaks, you, uh, you kind of stand down, or else you go for a ride in the car. And I didn't want to go for a ride in the car. Um, I just kind of stood down. Sleep with the fishes. We do want to talk to you about so, the, the headline of the day, and that is uh, Devin Kafusi uh, played two years at BYU. 12 tackles, uh, 25 games, limited role there. He is transferring to the U, which on the surface struck me as a little curious because we know Utah has a lot of good defensive linemen. Now, they do like to play too deep and play eight guys, keep them fresh, wear down an offensive line over the course of a game. But still, they're so good that when you start looking at their sixth, seventh, and eighth guys, they tend to be young guys on their way up who may not be NFL guys today but are going to be by the time they're done. And so it's hard. If you're having a hard time getting playing time anywhere else, BYU in this case, but if you're having a hard time getting somewhere else, the thought that you're going to go to Utah and get on the field, man, you got to be really good at playing Utah's D-line. And the football side of it aside, how much tension is there between the programs when someone transfers, and how different is it now that it's Pac-12 and independent as opposed to when it was Mountain West, Mountain West? Because we were trying to redo the timeline, and we're, we're pretty sure that you had a uh, front-row seat when, say, Trent Whiting moved from Utah to BYU, and probably remember the emotion around that. Yeah, it's, 
it's definitely emotional. I, it's funny because I I made you know I made the move just from a coaching standpoint, um, and there was there were literally people on both sides that you know a fraction of people on both sides that took a while for the BYU people to really warm up for me. It took a long time for Utah people to be okay with the fact that I was working there. Um, and it's just funny, you know, the dynamic that exists. But I agree with you. I think that that Utah's stacked. And, um, but the one thing, typically, those Kafusi kids get better with age. Um, you know, at least the experience we had coaching Bronson and Corbin and then kind of watching Bronson and Corbin uh, develop as players. You know, I think Bronson was probably the most ready-made guy right out of the gates. Um, but I think Devin's a little built a little bit more like Corbin. I think Cor- took Corbin and you know through his two years. I think after his sophomore year, he started seeing some some real. Um, and it probably coincided with him playing less basketball. Um, but. Uh, you know, it, it is it. I, the one, the person I feel the, the worst for is the kid. You know, that, that makes that decision because it, they're going through some stuff on both sides for sure. So, since you worked at both schools, which school has the better people? Um, you know, I actually took a satellite program at Kinahan University, which was a spinoff. Um, I guess they bought this university out of bankruptcy, and it was just a straight communications PR firm that I worked for. And the communication portion of it was awesome. The PR was a nightmare because they try to get you to say things you didn't want to say, you know, and ask questions that led to witness and stuff like that. So I would say Kinahan University is probably my favorite. So follow-up then, was, was Jeff Judkins a better human being when he worked at Utah or at BYU? <laughs> hard to hard to be a hard to be a better guy than Juddy. Um We used to joke all the time. The old show coach, like if Dauber were to be personified, yeah, Dauber. <laughs> I knew you were going there. Juddy was Juddy was Dauber, man, and uh, he he just had these quirky little Juddy things. I'll give you one quick one. I was I was rooming with him at the University of Utah years back. In fact, it was when we were playing the first round of the NCAA tournament. We were playing Iona in Dallas. I think was the school we drew. Am I right on that, PK? Iona and then Iowa State. I think was the was the route that year. Yeah, yeah, in Dallas, exactly. Yeah, and, Ke- and Keith was and sick for the uh, Keith was sick, Iona game. Right. Yeah. So we're sitting in the room, and Juddie's just befuddled over the fact that Keith's sick. He just can't understand it, you know. And we're getting ready to go down to shoot around. He goes, I go to turn the TV off. He goes, what are you, energy conscious? Leave the TV on. That's kind of Majerus, too. That's what I do. He said, leave the TV on, then the maid will think you're in here. <laughs> Won't come steal your money. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the way his mind worked. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously have thousands of stories about people that just, they're little quirks. But Juddy, man, I don't know that he could be a better person either place. I think he's just as good a person as you all ever meet. <laughs> I'll second and that. And I like to make you guys laugh. This is good. 
the Juddy story. You are a tough crowd. Sometimes I'll get on here and make it just be radio science. So I'm dang, I got to step on my game. Well, Tim, uh, what do you think of Joe Biden getting the uh, looking like he's going to get the nomination here for the Democratic Party? <laughs> Number one, <laughs> just put a list together like Joe would do. I'm just excited to see this. I mean, once we get through all this craziness, if we ever do, I hope we do. Um, I mean, all we need right now is Sonny and Cher playing on the radio. Every morning I wake up, I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Um, but Joe Biden, Joe Biden is a fine, sleepy Joe, sleepy Joe will be fine. He's a good man. Um, Joe, yeah, Joe's a, uh, he's a list maker, though, if you'll watch his tendencies. He loves to throw lists together with numbers one, two, and three. He's always going to solve a problem with a list. Just an observation. Tim Lacombe joining us here, uh, radio studio, studio analyst and uh, former BYU and Utah basketball staffer. So we've got a, a feature we just started here a couple of days ago. What did you watch last oh. night? Because usually the answer is, well, I watched the Jazz play, right? Or I watched on a Thursday night, whatever the big game is on, uh, on TNT. It's pretty predictable what our viewers watch. They watch whatever the biggest game was. They watch the Utah the Cougars and the Jazz. But now we don't have that. So, Tim, what did you watch last night? Um, got home, flipped on the coronavirus briefing. That's always good entertainment. Um, and then we had an awesome dinner in the park. We actually did a little picnic in the park, my wife and daughter and I. Um, and one of the cool things that's come out of this is my daughter, she's 13 or 14, she's never really thrown baseball with a mitt. You know, I kind of skipped over her, so we've kind of refined that skill. So we did that and came home, and I am headfirst into Better Call Saul. So I'm finishing up season two right now, and that was my evening. I've, I watched a couple of those. You guys watch Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad or any of that stuff? I don't not see the uh, Breaking Bad, uh, yeah, but not the the other one. Okay, it's just a spinoff of Breaking Bad, yeah. It's a story about the attorney. So, yeah, watching that, watched that last night. But I've been through story of Gordon Monson with the Tigers, Tiger King. Um, <laughs> and, and then I've seen, uh, I've watched the Ozark from start to finish, season Ooh. three. <laughs> so other than that, um, that's been my TV stuff. But I'm missing... I actually pulled up an old BYU, a Florida game the other night that we we won in 2010, 2000. It was a year when Mike Lloyd went berserk in the tournament, but I watched some of that. It was fun. All right, Tim. We appre- points, yeah. yeah. Tim, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in uh, on our anniversary week, our birthday week. Uh, hey, hey, one more thing. You know, uh, you know, I really happy birthday. And I'm sorry we came through. Uh, you know, a big party, everybody would be there. Uh, you know, but I, I will get a cake, an ice cream cake for you when I can when I can get it, and we'll have it together, okay? <laughs> okay, thanks, Big Rick. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, D- goodbye. There's Tim Lacombe. When we come back, we're buckling up with Bowler. Craig Bowler Jack's on the way. 
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. Time to bring in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys, how are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Hey, hey, just uh, congratulations again. Uh, I didn't realize until I read your tweet, 18 years together? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're Hawkeye and Trapper, man. You're Robin. You're, you're Batman and Robin. Yeah, Hawkeye and Trapper, didn't they only do like two two or three seasons of MASH together? I don't think we're Hawkeye and Trapper. Yeah, but when you think of them, though, when you think of them, though, you only think of them as together as one. You know, DJ PK. I mean, it's just kind of the same. It comes just the same friendship. How many seasons did Stockton and Malone play together? Was it 19? Yeah. Yeah. You got one more to go. (laughs) 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 Then PK gets traded to the Lakers or or, or decides to decide whatever. (laughs) Free agent. That's that's quite a run, you guys. Congratulations. I'd bet on Phoenix more than L.A. for PK. Phoenix? Yeah, Yeah. I would, too. I would, too. Yes. Sun Devil. I think we're we're more of uh, Norm and Cliff from Cheers. Ah. (laughs) I like that. That's a good one. Okay, but see, here's the thing is he gives me the worst traits of both guys. I got I got the trivia from Cliff Clavin, but I'm a big dude like Norm. My Norm. You either got to be the annoying trivia guy or you got to be the big guy. Well, if you're Batman or Robin, you're both, you know, kind of like you're dressed in some interesting clothes. So, you know, but, but you are superheroes, so take your pick. Yeah. Maybe on the costumes 20 years ago, but not now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bowler, you've been doing doing some classic jazz games and all that. Uh, Explain to people, because we do this feature, and we'll get to you in a second, you know, what did you watch last night? Because normally we watch whatever the big game was. We watch a jazz game. We watch a a big NBA game on TNT or ESPN. Uh, You know, it's Utes Cougars jazz. It's pretty predictable. It's really different now, obviously. But I know there's still some jazz games out there, and some people probably aren't up to speed on this. So explain when they're on and what you do with them and how it works. Well, we've got uh, we j- our, our ninth game that we just completed was the bogey game winner against the Bucks this year. It was uh, November eighth, and uh, kind of recapping, reliving uh, Bogdanovich's big game that night. And I thought it was the one that kind of really it was early in the season, and gave I think all of us a feel for what Bogey was going to bring to the Jazz as a compliment to Donovan as a scorer. Uh, what's coming up next? We've got a couple more on the schedule, and I'm I'm hoping more to come as we continue on through this journey together. But uh, we'll recap uh, coming up on Saturday night uh, the win this year. Also, just a few months back, um, Rudy's block that was a bit controversial. 
against Dallas, and then we'll uh, wrap up this uh, first round of games with another Bogdanovich winner uh, against Houston back in February. So uh, it's been kind of fun. Thurl and I, uh, we've had other broadcast members join us, Mike Smith, David Locke, Kristen Kenny, Alema, um, and Matt was there for one stop. And so it's kind of interesting to get everybody's perspective on how they saw the game and also just updating <clears throat> how everybody is kind of getting through this this stay home, stay safe uh, situation that we're all in together. But I'm just glad we're showing some jazz basketball and reliving, reliving some some fun moments. Uh, even Donovan Mitchell's uh, career game, uh, 46. Uh, so it's 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 been fun. A couple of rookie games for Donovan during the early parts of the of the jazz playback, but it's good. It's fun. Uh, Facebook, you'll see the uh, the replay or the uh, the pregame as we call it. And then AT&T Sportsnet uh, at 7 o'clock will uh, replay those games on certain nights. So we can recall those Bogdanovich game winners. They were both exciting. You know, one was great, and the other one was even greater down in Houston. And so you look at what this team needed, and one of the things it needed was a big, bigger man who could shoot, and certainly he's provided that. And you're constantly always building your roster. It's never a finished product. And if it is, it's for a short time, and then you got to do it again in the case of the Warriors. Well, looking at the Jazz with Bogdanovich and how he's been, his skill set was much needed, do you still think as they continue to build this, they need another big man who can shoot? Yeah, I think you make a great point that it's always uh, it's always a fluid situation with any team in the NBA. What other piece, what other player will take us to not only you know to the next level? That next level, obviously, for every team is different, you know, than some. I mean, but the ultimate goal is to win an NBA championship. So you, you break it down and you look at the pieces that you need, and yeah, I think that'd be another another piece uh, that. Uh, can rebound, can do some post-up play at times, and then also uh, with step-back, you know, uh, ability too. You know, where do you find those players? Or you know, it's they're they're far and few between. But it's also PK. I think you know what t- particular player could fit in you know the Quinn Snyder system as well. And the Jazz have obviously decided to be a three-point shooting club and playing at the rim. So. Uh, the big or the, the backup guy or whoever would play multiple positions, potentially a three, four, or five, uh, yeah, would have to have some ability to play at the rim as well. So, you know, that's, that's a big, tall order to fill. But, you know, the Jazz are in the constant look, uh, looking around the league, trying to find what works and what wouldn't. Jordan Clarkson, obviously, you know, thinking of what works, uh, picking him up in that trade for Dante from the Cavaliers, they dropped him in, and just he went off and running in his in his role, and that's that's doesn't happen all that often. So uh, that was a home run in that regard of just finding a player that felt comfortable in the system. So I still think system plays a a big part in that decision on who uh, who actually would would fit, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And the Jazz have had to make some tough decisions this year based on on that. Uh, basically not playing Ed Davis and, and releasing uh, Jeff Green. But sometimes you take chances, doesn't work. Other times you hit a home run like in Jordan Clarkson, and I'm sure the Jazz are always are on the lookout 
exactly for that that next piece. So I think a couple things. One, uh, yes, everybody wants guys who can shoot, especially guys who have size and can shoot. Right. But I'm in addition to that, and I think that hunt just goes on and that doesn't change. But I'm curious. The game keeps reinventing itself, and you know, is there a place? If down the line there's someone who has a skill set who's kind of like Shaq or kind of like Kareem, uh, there was a point in both of their careers where they were unstoppable. And so does someone come along like that? I mean, the, the, we know what the game is like now, but we know the game doesn't stay the same. Now, you got to factor in rules changes, change the game sometimes too, whether it's a three-point shot or it's getting rid of the uh, allowing zone defense and getting rid of that illegal defense rule. So those changes impact it, but sort of the skill level of the best players, what kind of player could change the way the game is being played now just because of their outrageous talent? Well, it could be Zion if he stays healthy. I thought at one time it may be Yao Ming, um, you know, but he got hurt, and so did Zion early. I mean, you have to have some luck to survive uh, in this in any professional sports. Uh, knees, um, you know, I think of Brandon Roy and uh, Derek Rose. Uh, there's, you know, guys who were so highly touted and highly skilled, but uh, injuries step in and, and slow them down or knock them out of the league. You know, there's a few guys, as you, as all of us know, come in and change the face of this game. And I'm just wondering out loud what you guys think. I wonder if the league is before us changing because of the three-point line and the fact is it going smaller. And what I mean by that is I see more and more teams that seem to put, you know, the guard line in, you know, the 6'3", 6'5", but there's a lot of 6'8", 6'9", guys with incredible athleticism. Uh, that can run the floor, uh, that can finish, and also hit the three. And it seems to me speed also is becoming more evident in the NBA as well. So athletic, a little smaller, perhaps. It's all, As you said, DJ, it's changing. And it'll change back one day. There'll be a guy uh, that's going to be able to dominate uh, you know, with size, Dirk changed the game at seven as a seven footer because he had outside that outside shot. And obviously, Giannis has changed the game. Shaq changed it with power. Giannis has done it with with finesse and incredible athleticism. Uh, but the rest of the league is kind of looking at the three ball uh, a lot. Anson play at the rim. Obviously, that's what the Jazz with Rudy do. Uh, but it's it really is fascinating to watch, and it does and it changes quick much quicker than I than I expected. It's been a couple of three years, and we've seen, a, I think, a, a really big change in how the league is, uh, is going right now. Yeah, when DJ asked that question, it's funny because I was thinking, well, that's what Zion is, and you went right to him in your immediate response. So my line of thinking is those types of players growing up will – end up being able to be versatile and step back it's like the point guard now i brought up this uh theory a couple of days ago i i don't think a player like a jacques vaughn would exist as a first round draft choice now because he wasn't known as a shooter and maybe even rubio because in order to play that position you have to be able to shoot now and if you can't play that if you can't shoot then you're not going to play that position you just can't be someone who comes up and dribbles and passes 
you know, Stockton did it so well, but we know full well that he could shoot. And if he played today, my guess is that he would have fewer assists, but he'd have way more points because he would be required. And obviously he was capable enough to make the shot. So the man, yeah, it may not be the traditional big man that we saw in uh, Moses Malone, Olajuwon, whoever you want to go down and name. And but that player will exist because he'll be able to step out, sort of like a Brook Lopez did in yeah. his earlier part of his NBA career. He wasn't taking threes at all, and then the three pointer developed into an, a, a must have weapon right as he was in the middle of his career. So what did he do? He adapted. So I think going forward, we'll be seeing these types of players be able to step out. So that's where the big man will function, being able to all be down low, but also being able to step out. Yeah, totally agree. And what happens, too, is as younger players grow uh, and play in the AAU system and into college for their one short year, most of them, you're right, because what they're watching now is how they see their stars, their favorite players play, and they'll adapt their games, and the coaches also will see what the league needs. And those t- those players who actually have the ability to step outside are going to obviously rise to the top. And again, jump into college for a year and then jump into the NBA or uh, go overseas, however it works out. But you're right. It's a, it's a constant uh, moving, you know, kind of a moving piece. And you're right about Stockton, too. I, I remember the day was we got to get a playmaker in here. That was kind of the, you know, the, the, the phrase of the day. Uh, we got to have a playmaker and deliver the ball to the right guys. But I think everybody now in the league's got to be a playmaker themselves. Look at Joe Ingles. I mean, he's a playmaker, but a three point shooter as well. And, and Stockton, you're right. I, I really think he is. I'm not trying to just because he played for the Jazz, but Stockton was a real special player. He would have adapted because he did have the ability to hit the big shot, and he had good three-point range. The assist, absolutely, PK, would be down, but his scoring would be up because that's just the role he'd have to take running the show. And he probably would would be another first-round pick, maybe even higher, uh, if he showed that, that ability uh, during his days at Gonzaga. So, Really, is an intriguing conversation, but again, the word is it's the evolution of basketball is right before us, and uh, we're watching it, and it's interesting to see how it's going to continue on. Uh, is it really going to go small ball? Does the three continue to dominate, or does another guy like Zion, even bigger, come in and dominate the game with power inside and out? Got to be able to move, no matter how big you are. You got to be able to move because they will yeah, put speed, you to pick yeah, and roll. Yeah, you got to be agile, feet, yeah. feet, everything. Yeah. All right, Bowler, we got to run. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in. Guys, good to hear from you. Congrats again on the anniversary. Uh, you know, stay together. I know you guys bicker at times, but it'll work <laughs> out. I promise. Thank you, Bowler. All right, guys. <laughs> All see right. you soon. There's Craig Bowler Jack. Joe Ingles is next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go.
Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, what is new and exciting? (laughs) Um... I went for a drive outside and had the windows down. That was kind of cool. <laughs> That's about it. Wow, man. You are living on the edge. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much we can do. Obviously, not much has changed. And um, I don't really want to go out into public too much. And even <laughs> even with uh, six feet or whatever, um, all the kind of rules are. So, um I slipped into the supermarket one time real quick to grab some stuff for, for the kids and stuff, and that's been about it for 29 days. <laughs> I'm wondering for you in this situation, since you haven't had basketball now for about a month, does it feel like the off season to you right now? It's it's definitely the, um, I guess, closest feeling to that without, I think, Mindset wise, you you obviously we're, we're we're all telling ourselves it's not. We're we're obviously trying to work out and do what we can to to stay ready if if something does come back. Um, but I'm not going to lie; it's not it's not easy. It's not um, easy to just get up every day, and obviously the the motivation like it's given me a clear indication that when I retire, I'm not going to be that motivated to work out. I know that for sure. Um, I think finding some different hobbies and stuff will be my initial kind of workouts. Like I've really enjoyed being able to walk outside and be in the mountains here. And and we've done some, some morning hikes and stuff in the morning with, with Renee and myself. But um, the motivation obviously for us, I was saying it the other day to someone, to, to a friend, it's like we normally get a text that says, be here at 9 o'clock for weights and 10 o'clock practice, and you just kind of roll in there, and, and obviously it sounds a bit um, like really like people just do everything for us, but it's it's the routine and the plan and, and all that, and we just kind of get told what to do, and we go and do it. So um, without that, it's just my routine revolves around, obviously, Renee and the kids, and letting Renee get a workout first and foremost and, and and obviously playing with the kids and then trying to figure out obviously myself um, doing what I need to do to, to stay as close in shape as I can. Joe, we've been doing the show together uh, a long time, the three of us together, and then PK and I have been doing it since 2002, and we're doing social distancing now, so I can't see PK because he's, he's at home, I'm in the studio. And, you know, it's safer that way, and it's just the way it's going to have to be for a while. But when you dropped a Renee and the kids right there, I know he smiled. You did, didn't you, PK? 
Renee and the kids. There's <laughs> <laughs> no doubt oh in my, my mind. <laughs> you know yeah, that's spot on, Joe. You are impressed. <laughs> Why? I don't know because I I don't really listen back to how I talk, so I don't really like. I can hear it coming out of my voice now, but I don't. I definitely have never <laughs> re-listened to one of these shows, so I don't. I don't know. Uh, you should. You can hear about Renee and the kids. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> All right, we threw it out there for our listeners to ask you some questions, so we're going to mix those Great. in as we go along this morning. But one thing I want to know before we get to that is you you told us earlier that the Jazz, um, and, and I've read this from other athletes, other teams, other sports, it's pretty common, they drop off some stuff at the house so that you can work out and, and maintain some level of fitness. It's not obviously the same as playing in the NBA, but you can do something. Uh, but I'm curious about the, and someone actually did send this in, do you have access to a hoop? Do you have a hoop indoors or outdoors? Uh, do you have a way to get shots up right now? Um, I didn't until about five days ago. Um, it's been like it's been brought up. I've seen other players. I think Giannis tweeted or something about it or spoke in an interview about it. And then the percentage of, of players that would actually have a, a half court or a full court indoors, like a proper court would be obviously the percents would, would be super low. Um, a lot of guys that have houses, I would assume have a basketball hoop. I've seen, you see online or, or whatever, but guys are, are out there shooting. Um, I never had, never did because I had always used home as home. Like home was my getaway from from everything. I didn't want to come home from practice and go out in the driveway and start shooting again. I wanted to be with my kids and Renee and stuff. So um, I'd, I'd never had a hoop um, at any of my house. I did obviously growing up as a kid, but that was that was the last time. And uh, I actually I've got a, a great partner in lifetime that I've I've been with and done some great stuff with and. Um, lifetime obviously have have outdoor hoops, so I contacted my my guy from there, and and they brought one over and dropped it off. So it's the first time I've had a hoop in my own house for a while, and um, I'm not going to lie, I actually haven't been out there and shot once since having it. But it's going to be the closest thing that you can get to. Oh, we, we've all got they, the Jazz all dropped a, a ball off to us, um, so we can dribble it around like my kids dribble around the house and I'll dribble around or whatever but um, every, I mean everyone's everyone's going to be in the, the same boat except that percentage of guys that have a have a hoop at their house so it's it's a very tough and difficult kind of situation to be in I'm wondering Joe what's going to happen with your national team because obviously the Olympics have been postponed for a year is anything going to change or are they just moving the schedule whatever it be this year up to next year yeah, I think it just kind of bumps forward. It's pretty much exactly the same time as it was going to be this year. I think it's a day out, a day out from what it was. Um, so hopefully, um, and this is, we've had a couple emails from our um, guys from the national team, but yeah, obviously originally it was kind of moved forward as, as normal and then hope that it works itself out. And obviously it hasn't, so they postponed for a year. And um, yeah, I, I mean, basically everything for us will just get pushed back a year. Um, we had already booked we had already booked accommodation months ago because of, of how <laughs> how in need it is over there um, Renee and the kids and stuff were going to come over so we 
we booked accommodation and and even that has has kind of automatically been pushed back to a year so we we still get our our accommodation in a year's time and whatever so um yeah i think everything in everyone that was involved players coaches whoever it was um basically everything just got pushed back a year Obviously, you got multiple players playing for multiple teams, and I have heard Rudy mention beating Donovan in international play. Is there a lot of talk back and forth about that, or is that uh, not something that comes up in the locker room very often? Um, sometimes leading up to it. Um, obviously, depending on who. And usually for Worlds or Olympics, the, the, the groups get named before the tournament um, a little bit in advance, so you kind of know who you're coming up against and the other pool that you're going to cross over with um, to get through. So, uh, it's it's not not massive. I mean, we've like I, I mean, I've played Rudy a ton of times now, and um, we've probably beaten them more in regular games. They obviously beat us for for the bronze, which I'd give all the the regular pool games back if I could could win that bronze medal game. So, um, yeah, I've I've been lucky to play. A lot of guys I've played against. I've played Raul a couple a couple of times with Brazil. Um, I've played Ricky way too many times with uh, with Spain. Um, so you obviously, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of banter. I know when we played, when I played Rudy, me and Rudy were both kind of talking to each other um, at the World Cup just gone, and um, just a bit more. Obviously, the fun side of it because you know, I know Rudy. I know what he wants to do. I knew he wanted to block one of my shots and like little things like that. But um, obviously, at the end of the day, you're, you're still teammates uh, at another point, so there's always a, a respect level there as well. This horse competition that they're talking about—is that do anything for you? Absolutely not. I think it's absolutely stupid. But uh, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of people out there that are missing basketball. I know there's, there's obviously jazz fans out there. We get tweets and whatever every day of, of how much people are missing it. So um, to have, I don't even know who's doing it. Um, I just saw a, a tweet saying it was going to be on ESPN or whatever. And obviously there's a lot of uh, time slots that have that need to be filled up from, from what would have been games. So, um yeah, it's cool. I guess people will, they're, they're obviously the guys that have hoops at home. Um, yeah, it'll be, I'm sure whoever wants to watch it will have a great time, but I will not be participating in that or watching it. PK had the idea that there should be, uh, you know, like the local sports regionals should have the horse contest for each individual local club. Would you be interested in going against some of the guys on your team just to light them up so you could own them? No. No, I'm good. You're good. All right. Uh, we got questions coming in from people here. Wyatt says, uh, wants to know if you've talked to Rudy and Donovan. How much communication is there between teammates right now? Uh, does he want to know Rudy and Donovan specifically? Was that a question? He did. He <laughs> says, has he talked to Rudy and Donovan? And I've then I just I added the part of my teammates. Um, we've had a couple like Zoom calls or whatever you call like group things. Um I actually texted Rudy last night again because he he bought and posted the the chip cookies and and thanked him for supporting that cause of ours. But um, yeah, I've spoken at all of the different times, um, and like I said, we've had a couple of those group calls as well. So um, yeah, I mean it's pretty. I guess it's pretty normal, really, for us in terms of that. But it's just that we're not actually going in every day where we normally 
you normally see each other all day, um, uh, practice or traveling or whatever. So it's a, it's a bit different. But yeah, we've we've like I said, I mean, we've got a group chat and we've been on group calls and all that. So it's um, so great to see my teammates. I love seeing them. Uh, what's that deal with that cookies thing? Explain that. Well, we did it last year. Um, chip cookie in Salt Lake City, obviously. Uh, I think everyone kind of knows about and they made a pretty, pretty big splash in the dessert world and um, they've been an unbelievable support of, I guess, not only me and, and Renee, but the, the causes that we've, um, that, that we support, obviously autism's been the, the main one and we last year kind of collaborated with um, uh, just a, a, it's still the same flavour, the regular choc chip cookie, but it's just got a blue um, outside on it, so it looks kind of cool. I think they've called it the Cookie Monster. It looks like a Cookie Monster or whatever. Um, and a, a portion of that, the, the proceeds go to, to the autism community, so helping um, the whole list of things. Um, so it's, it, it was really cool last year. I think last year, I don't want to quote the wrong number, but I reckon it was close to, if not around 10000 we raised, which is obviously through the generous people buying the cookies. Um and we wanted to do it again this year, and, and they obviously wanted to, to do it again um, as well. So they're lucky. Um, they're a business right now that obviously can stay open, and they've got, I think they've got curbside pickup, um, which I did yesterday, and grabbed some and dropped some off to some people, and you can get delivery too. So it's a, it's a, great, um, it's a great company that's supporting us, and um, anyone that wants to have some dessert in this troubling time, the nice blue cookie will brighten your day. Vernon just hit us up with a question. Oh, Vernon's getting deep here. He wants you to he wants to oh, yeah. el- elbow the commissioner, move over. You're handling things here, Joe. Vernon wants to know: Will there be an NBA season? Uh, will there be a playoff run? Because he's thinking the season is over. How optimistic are you, Joe? Honestly, like I've I've had these conversations with lots of people because everyone everyone from Australia hits you up and like you're going to play or have you, have you heard anything? And um, we hear maybe a little bit more than what gets put out, but not much more. Like, we, we get told pretty much the same information that's, that's public. Um, usually, Woj is the one that knows everything before. So if you, you want to keep updated, he's probably the best guy to, to follow and, and um, get the updates. My my personal, obviously, my personal, like, I'd, I'd love to go and play. I'd love to be playing right now. Um, my own, and this is like not biased or, or any extra info that, that anyone else doesn't know, but I, I just I can't see how it's going to work. Um, like I said, as much as I would love to, I just don't see how. The last tweet, I think it was from Worried, I saw said something about May 1 making a decision, which is is just a decision. So if we if they decide yes in May, then the, the rumor is a couple of weeks of, of like a preseason or training camp, whatever. So then you're getting into like end of May, start of June. Um, I, I don't know. I just can't see honestly how how it can work with without interrupting too many other things or changing this. But obviously the 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 schedule and season for next year as well. It, it, my obviously there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of there's a lot of everything. Um, so that's why the commissioner make, makes the big bucks like he does and gets to make the big decisions because, um, yeah, I think we all 
fans want to watch us, we want to play. Um, but obviously, people, humans, health is, is first and foremost. So, um, yeah, I just I can't see how it'll work, but I'm still obviously optimistic that we can get back out there for for everyone and and for ourselves. Yeah, that's what I was asking you as far as do you feel like it's the off season? Because I'd imagine that your mindset off season versus season is different, if not totally different. And now that you've had a month, it feels like the off season. So how do you turn it back on if there is a season? Um, I mean, as silly as it sounds, like you, you, you don't have a choice. If, if they call us or text us or email or whatever, whatever tomorrow and say we're back in two weeks, um, we'd obviously kind of get back in the facility and, and start doing what we have to do. It's, that's definitely the, the hard part of the situation is um, – there's been days where I've woken up tired or not feeling like working out. And it's like, well, if I don't do my workout today, like what's it really going to affect? Like, cause we just don't, there's so much unknown that, um, you just don't know. Like maybe it will, maybe I'll be a session behind everyone else, but maybe nothing's going to happen. And we're going to be in the off season officially in a month's time. Like who, who knows what's going to happen. So, um, Obviously, motivation-wise is up to each individual because you, you want to come back if we do. You want to come back in, in as good a shape, as close to um, being ready to, to get on a court as possible. But that unknown is is the hard part because this is, I guarantee you, this is the longest majority people have gone without touching a ball or, or getting in a gym. Like, there's probably a handful of guys that have courts, like I said, and the rest don't have access to a court so that was what Giannis had tweeted like he doesn't have access to a court so he's running on the on the treadmill lifting weights all that cardio stuff but I bet it's the longest he's ever been without uh, being on a basketball court well Joe as always we appreciate a few minutes and uh, thanks for joining us and uh, you know hang out for another week and we'll check in with you again in a week yeah hopefully uh, hopefully we get to speak again and maybe some stuff would have changed. <laughs> it'd, be nice, <laughs> okay. it'd be nice to have some different topics. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. Another weekly visit with Joe Ingles. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.